Welcome in. We are broadcasting live. We are here. The Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We are downtown Milwaukee. We are enjoying. Right? They got a DJ down here tonight. This place is thumping. Thumping. A lot of uh, a lot of Bulls fans in the house. Uh, Bucks and Bulls coming up a little bit later on tonight over at the Pfizer Forum. Only a stone's throw away. We're in the Deer District down here. And uh, we're talking football tonight. A lot of basketball on the two. We saw uh, just earlier today Dayton almost, almost get the best of the Badgers, but the Badgers fended them off. You've got uh, Creighton and Arizona on the big screens now. you got the, the Bucks and the Bulls coming up here in just a little bit. Good food flowing. Bud Light tonight in the house. And they are downstairs uh, doing all kinds of things and uh, giving away, I don't know if it's buy one, get ones or what it is, but uh, they are doing a lot of good things in the house. There you go for those watching on the Bud Light live stream. There it is. All the flags are up, by the way, for the uh, for the uh, World Cup, the big home of the World Cup down here. But that's uh, that's from the, the view that you're looking at on the Bud Light live stream right now is the view from my perch high atop the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. So there you go. Uh, but the big news of the day is the confirmation, the confirmation, Aaron Rodgers finally which I, it doesn't change anything, but finally says, yeah, the thumb's broke. So for all the rumors that were out there and the people that were saying, I'm breaking news, he was breaking his thumb, you just kind of, you know, it's it's kind of like when uh, Mike Clemens played uh, last week when we got, or on Monday when we got into this, and uh, the media was saying uh, nationally that it's a broken thumb, and he was saying, no, it's not, it's hurt. It's My hurt. Thumb hurt. My thumb is hurt. You know, Um uh, Something that was lasting this long, and we were talking about it on Monday, when you're going through two hours of therapy and such, usually it's infrared and certain things that create blood flow within the bone and a healing process. You kind of got the sense that, yeah, it's broke. But he kept saying, my thumb is hurt. My thumb is hurt. It's okay. My thumb is okay. My thumb is hurt. He says uh, surgery, not an option. Uh, But nevertheless, Aaron Rodgers confirms, yeah, boy, the thumb is broke. Um, so before we do anything else in regards to the game coming up on Sunday night uh, in Philadelphia, I want you to take a listen. Aaron Rodgers meeting with the media today. Let's take a listen to that entire conversation. There you go. That's Aaron Rodgers today meeting with the media. And he, I cannot believe there was one question besides the thumb that was so unbelievably obvious and nobody asked it. Oh my God. It was the second lead. Nobody asked it. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. Stick around. But Aaron Rodgers confirming, yep, thumb's broke. Thumb was broke. But the bottom line is he's playing whatever the bone is or whatever the fracture is in the thumb, it's only taped up. It's it's not requiring a splint, a cast, or anything like that. So it's not overwhelmingly serious. And in addition to that, as he said, surgery, never an option. Uh, he's still able to play with it. He's, he's made some very big throws, and he's had some issues where it just didn't look right. We all know that. So uh, we'll talk more about it when we come back. We are broadcasting live as you're watching on the Bud Light live stream and listening to us. Uh, the music is thumping. Uh, they're getting ready for the Bucks and the Bulls coming up across the way at the Pfizer Forum. We are at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill in the Deer District. Stick around. we got a lot more coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
Welcome back, and good to have you. We are broadcasting live. We are at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. Good to have you. We are down here uh, in the Deer District, right across the uh, plaza, basically, from the Pfizer Forum, where the Bucks and the Bulls are going to get it on a little bit later on tonight. Coming up here in about 40 minutes, they'll tip off over there. In the meantime, you've got uh, NBA on the TV. you got college hoops on the TV. you got a good crowd in here tonight. You're looking live down below where I'm from where I am perched up here high atop. And uh, good to have you on board this evening. Aaron Rodgers discusses the broken thumb with the media. He admits, yep, it's broken. It's got a broke bone in it. He says surgery was never an option. He's comfortable playing with it. Uh, said, you know, there are times that, you know, the extra five days has really kind of helped the healing process. He's been receiving treatment with it. He hopes that uh, it's back to pretty much normal after the bye week. But this week and next week are going to be a little bit tough, obviously, uh, especially in Chicago. When you start playing a little bit colder weather, you would expect that at that point. So, that being said, uh, by the way, one other side note, uh, Devondre Campbell uh, was on earlier tonight, I believe, with the rookie on 107.5, our WDUZ affiliate up in Green Bay, said the uh, it's a bruised kneecap, and it's possible he could be back on Sunday. Possible he could be back on Sunday, but he said it's a bruised kneecap. Now I know there's going to be a lot of questions. Should Aaron Rodgers have taken a, at least a game off, one week off, let Jordan Love come in, kind of do his thing, and let that thumb heal? Uh, he didn't want to do that. Uh, hindsight being what it is, we're all going to second-guess that. Could he have or should he have played against the Jets uh, following the thumb issue and maybe let that thumb heal up a little bit or, and, you know, in the last week or so? But nevertheless, uh, Rodgers has been playing, been playing with a broken thumb. But the other question, and I can't believe nobody asked this. It, it was stunning to me. Yesterday on the Pat McAfee Show, Rogers, when asked about his future and was asked about, you know, playing and such, he, at the end of the conversation, he said, look, I, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be back next year, the year after, you know, I'm going to take some time and this and that. So I, I can't believe nobody followed up by saying, you know, hey, if you're leaning one way or the other, can you give an indication do you just want to go away and kind of evaluate things at the end of the season, but you're leaning more towards playing? You signed a three-year contract with the Green Bay Packers. You realize that if you walk away, there's a lot of money that the Packers are on the hook for. You know, you're going to be losing money. You, all that. Nobody followed up. I, you know, I mean, I get it. Aaron gets peeved at certain things and certain questions. But, you know, damn it, when you take people down a primrose path of I'm immunized versus vaccinated, all the, all the bets are off. You know, you you did it. You brought it on. So now you do have to make another statement. Now you do have to make ask another question, you know? So, look, I'm not saying it's it's for the immediacy regarding, the, you know, this week's contest. We all know that. But there are ramifications for how you look at this team on down the road, you know? So, I mean, I would su- assume that the money brings you back, the love of the game brings you back, the competitive spirit brings you back, the want to win a championship brings you back, right? I think that all brings you back. But I, I just, I can't believe nobody asked that question, at least not in the majority of the, uh, the Q&A with the media that I heard. But, oh, man, I, I thought that would have been the very next question. Okay, the thumb is broke. You're doing okay with it. It's feeling better. Okay, let's talk about yesterday. You had stated that you're going to take some time at the end of the season. Okay, how much time 
This team needs to make some decisions which way they're going to go. Hey, if you guys, let, I don't want to talk about you getting beat, but let's just say you do, hypothetically. If you get beat, ah, do you know? Do you go ahead and walk away? Do you allow Jordan Love to get some playing time so they can figure out what they're going to do with him? I mean, there's a lot of ramifications to all of this. To all of this. And, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. He's going to join us. Uh, but a lot of people, when I posted the story over on Facebook, chiming in, uh, David says, time to go to love it. Let's see what he can get. Uh, ben says, uh, Favre went 10-6 and six with a first-place finish with a broken thumb. Uh, this one says, Randy, let's redo next year with this young talent and a D coordinator that has a clue what they're actually given. Uh, this one was uh, from Rick says, how long was Dak actually out? Five weeks with his? But Dak had surgery, don't forget. And they said he'd be out six to eight and said he was out five. Uh, Tony says, well, at least it explains a lot why some why some throws just don't look right. Uh, Dwayne says the broken thumb equals a broken season. Um, this one's from Jeffrey who says, I'm so sick of it. Why is everything with Aaron Rodgers so suspicious and covert? He didn't want to be honest about him getting vaccinated. Now he wouldn't say that his thumb was actually unbroken until he laid an egg in six of the last seven games. Was he waiting for the public uproar before he played his trump card that the finger was actually broken? Broadcasters kept talking about the injured thumb for six weeks. I guess he figured he'd keep that fact hidden until he proved that he sucked enough just to reveal the truth then. Um... I assume if he would have played extremely well, he wouldn't have told anybody about it at all. No props to the drama there. Um, This one is from Kevin who says, somebody has failed in their role, whether sitting him down to let that thumb heal for at least a week and giving us a better shot of winning, or the coaching staff just doesn't care, or they are so wrapped around Aaron Rodgers' little finger that Matt LaFleur has been completely snipped of any power in in the locker room and the coaching staff that he could do anything about it. There you go. There you go. Just uh, some of the comments over on the Facebook fan page if you want to chime in over there. But, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, the big news today was Aaron Rodgers said uh, we got uh, the thumb. Yeah, it's 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 an issue. It's it's broke. Well, you give it up to the kid now, Ben. Remember, who, who was the kid that uh, that broke that story at a Make-A-Wish event? Do you remember off the top of your head? I'll track down the Twitter. I don't know his name, but I, Ian Rappaport just retweeted him. Uh, everybody is giving him the credit for breaking it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but he was a some kid that, um, some kid that uh, you know met him at a Make a Wish event and put it out there and said, "Yep," and give him credit. The kid had it. The kid had it. Rogers would not reveal it to anybody in the media, but he reveals it to a kid, and we saw the tweet. You just you, you're not sure what to believe. So many people put out so many things, and if you're wrong, then you get crucified. So give the kid credit, man. Absolutely give him credit, as he's the one that had it. So there you go. Um, uh, Rick says, do you think Zimmer is too much of an alpha to then come over and work with Matt LaFleur? No. No, I, I really don't. I uh, I think uh, Mike Zimmer, if he's given the task of strictly running the defense, he can run the defense. I don't think there's any reason he couldn't. You know what I mean? I, I, at this point, you'd probably give him a shot, right? I mean, I, 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 Vic Fangio's out there, another older guy that has got some good defensive prowess. So, who knows? But, yeah, there's something's, uh, something's got to change. 
No doubt about it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Uh, this was from Mark who says, uh, the Packers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend is disappointing in the sense uh, disappointing in the sense that Aaron Rodgers can play with a broken thumb and Dominican Sue's coming after him and knows it. Do you think Sue will then try to do something to bend the thumb back or hurt it even worse for Aaron Rodgers? I, I, that I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, we put it this way. And Dominican Sue said and was very public about it, I don't like the Packers. Never have, never will. First time the Packers and the Eagles match up on Sunday night, by the way. The Packers have won six of the last eight meetings against the Eagles, including the playoffs. Throw that out the window, though. Throw that out the window. The Packers, the last time they met was in 2020. It was a 30-16 home win. But uh, the last time the Packers played on uh, at Philadelphia was also a primetime game, 27-13 win on Monday night football, going back to 2016. But throw that out the window. This is a different team heading in a different direction with a different prowess, with a, uh, a quarterback with a busted thumb. And uh, a head coach that seems to be somewhat hanging on, a defensive coordinator that is under fire, a defense that is lackluster, they're banged up a little bit, and even though they've been pretty healthy pretty much all season long, they just simply can't figure it out. They're only averaging 18.6 points per game, and it's nowhere near what the off the prolific offense that it used to be. In the meantime, the defense, one of the worst in football. So, And, and a defense with a lot of first-round draft choices, and what seems to be a lot of talent who just simply can't put it together under the tutelage of Joe Barry. So fourth and 26, six still haunts me. I agree with you, Rick. Down at the link, I'll never forget it. Fourth and 26 still to this day haunts me. And then Mike Sherman saying, we are going to ride the offensive line. You are going to take us to a championship without a doubt. Fourth and goal, inches, and Mike Sherman decided to field goal instead of running keeping his word and running behind that offensive line and at that moment in time that's when the team went ah to hell with you you're you're full of crap there you go that was the beginning of the end when we come back we are broadcasting live by the way at the mecca sports bar and grill in the deer district right across from the five serve you can see the escalators are full of fans heading in to catch the bulls and the bucks coming up a little bit later on tonight over there in the meantime we're here and uh we are uh going to expect a grant bills of the wisco sports show to join us but when we come back you got to stick around here's the reason why when we come back and i'm going to give credit to the whip wip in philly making fun of to a certain extent aaron Rodgers, the whip they're running a promo in philly 94 wip 94 wip the whip got a promo running right now in anticipation of sunday night's contest all right you're going to want to hear it when we come back. We're going to bump back with it right before we get into Grant Bills. You'll take a listen to it when we come back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Here we go. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley have called off their engagement. Classic Rodgers, choking right before he gets a ring. Eagles, Packers, Sunday Night Football. Damn! Damn! Oh, my goodness. Damn, that's uh, that's the whip in Philadelphia, WIP. That is the promo they are running in anticipation of Sunday night's game. Damn! Did you catch it? Ben, you got to play it again, man. 
Rogers and Shailene Woodley have called off their engagement. Classic Rogers, choking right before he gets a ring. Eagles, Packers, Sunday Night Football. Wow. Wow. Man, that's... Well, it's Philly. It's Philly, right, Ben? Um, I was thinking about bumping next segment with 4th and 26. You let me know oh, if I boy. should. Yeah, go ahead. Play Well, just play it now. You got it? Stop the 4th and 26, and in essence, take over. Plenty of time. Down the middle, it's Mitchell. Where will they spot him? They're going to get forward progress and a first down. There you go. That's 4th and 26. Another kick to the crotch of every Packers fan out there. Uh, Lisa brings up a good point. Uh, and I'm going to get to Grant Bills here in one second. But, Sid, how do you, uh, if you're Doc McKenzie, how do you let him play? Look, if there was a danger to the thumb being damaged further, Doc McKenzie wouldn't have let him play, just so you know. Good stuff. Uh, let's do this. Let's get to our buddy Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Grant, how you doing, man? What's going on, bud? I'm doing good, unit. I, you know, I'm listening to that WIP cut, and I'm just thinking that's just that's just typical of a, a trashy organization, a trashy city. And you know, I, I'm very, you know, no, very few people from Philly, but uh, the people I do know, they just suck. They are the absolute oh, worst Eagles fans. There you, there um, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, – well, let me ask you this. Okay, first and foremost, you hear that Aaron says, yeah, it's broken. He kind of confirms it. Uh, it's uh, Now we can just move on. It's no big deal. It's not going to change anything. It's not like all of a sudden it's worse. If anything, it's better because of the little bit of rest that he got. So now we just move on. So I guess the next question is, what you looking for on Sunday night, man? Oh, God. You know what? You know what I'd love to do, Bill? I'd love to just be good enough to not give the Eagles fans the peace of mind they're looking for. Because the, the Eagles, like, they lost two weeks ago to the Commanders, right? And then last week they played really poor football against the Colts. And they maybe even should have lost that game, right? They had to basically walk it off with Jalen Hurts running it in at the end from the one-yard line, and they just, just skated away from that game. I would love for the Packers to be the reason on Sunday night that Philly Sports Talk Radio for the entire week is pissed off about how the Eagles didn't look good in a win. Because, Bill, you've done sports talk forever. Like, there's nothing worse. And the, the Packers have done this for years, where they beat, like, the crummy Washington football team, like, 20 to 15. And the whole week, we got to be like, yeah, they won, but we complain about this, whine about that. I would love for the Packers to be the reason the Eagles fans don't feel good about their team after Sunday night. Obviously, a win would do that. But if they can hang on and really make the Eagles look bad and, and make people ask more questions about the Eagles and be the reason why fans continue to doubt this team as they are right now, that would be great. And I know that would really bother Ben Kenny, so that's really why I'm saying that. <laughs> I, uh, I I look at the Packers going into this game. Uh, hopefully you get Devondre Campbell back. Uh, hopefully there's a good showing. But we know that this all hinges on Aaron Rodgers and the offense and their ability to score points. 18.6 points per game isn't going to cut it, not against this Philadelphia Eagles team that has since brought in Dominican Sue and Limbaugh Joseph to make their run support even more staunch. Uh, if, if you can't run the ball, have you found a weapon in Christian Watson that can consistently, one, stretch the field, and two, can, can, I'm not going to say he's going to be Devontae Adams or where he's going to get 17 targets and 11 catches, but can he suddenly give you 7 to 10 catches in a ball game and a couple of them downfield to give you a real legitimate threat? We can get open. 
I mean, that's really what it comes down to, Bill. Even if his hands aren't great and his technique's not great, if you're running wide open through space, it's pretty easy to play wide receiver. And, like, look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a good example. I don't think two is amazing. I think he's good. I think he's very good. But Jalen Waddell and Devontae, or not Devontae Adams, but uh, Tyree Killer is so fast, they just get open. They're just running free through space that Tua can just hit them wide open and stride. The Packers over the years have not really had guys like that other than Adams. Like, Cobb is nice, but he's not a guy with next-level speed or next-level agility. He wins in different ways. Same with Al Lazard and Robert Tunyon. They finally have a guy, funny enough, who they had to draft early in the draft because that's where these guys come from, which is why the Packers never have them. They got a guy with next-level speed and next-level size and all of these traits that really help a guy get open. Like, Christian Watson has barely started to scratch the surface. He's playing at North Dakota State. And he's only played a couple of games. He's barely been healthy this year. And yet when he's out there, he's so fast and he's so strong and he's got all these these tangible traits. They just allow him to get open, right? So, yes, absolutely, they need that in the offense because that was Adams last year. And really the only guy they have who's like that is Christian Watson. So, yes, they have something in him. But, Bill, like, isn't it interesting? You know, for years we've like, oh, the Packers, I wish they draft the receiver early in the round. Well, it's funny. They finally do it, and they get a guy who, look at that. He's fast, he's strong, he's big, and he can get open and look at the difference that that has made this season. The uh, the, the Packers, you know, obviously Matt LaFleur being the head coach, you listen. Today, uh, Grant, I mean, I don't know how it was on your show, but I played back a, a portion of Matt's presser, and the, the vitriol from fans for his answers, for the, the soft sound, whatever you want to call it, was today it was palpable I, and i've never heard people or written or seen people go after matt lafleur like they did today do you think matt lafleur i mean losing means a lot obviously but do you think matt lafleur is losing it as the the grip on the fan base as the guy that's got three 13 win seasons taking them to an nfc championship game gotten them to the postseason do you think this year and the look that he has right now that he's losing it wow I mean, with fans, I'd certainly say so. I mean, it, it is, as we say, Bill, it's cliche, but it is true. It is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And now LeFleur has not done much of anything this year. I mean, look, we can talk about his hold on the locker room and what he says at press conferences. The proof is in the pudding, Bill. Look at the pudding. This team is more talented than this, right? The NFC is not good. I think the best team in the NFC is the 49ers, and they're quarterbacked by Jimmy G. Jimmy G is not that good, Bill. Like, Jalen Hurts is has great traits, but he's not a complete quarterback. Like, this is an NFC. This is a conference that is uber-winnable. This is a wide-open conference. The Packers have had issues. They've had injuries. They have all these things that have gone wrong this year, but they're better than this, Bill. So, like, forget about what he's saying in press conferences. Forget forget all that. Look at their record. Look at the games that they've lost. Their offense had a chance to get right against Detroit. They didn't do it. Their defense had a chance to get right against Tennessee. They didn't do it. This team has just squandered opportunity after opportunity and they're losing games and now i'm wondering and this is something i brought up on my show tonight bill this is a matt lafleur thing and maybe you're going to get into this tonight mike clemens brought this up last night on my show some was broken all along and it's been affecting his play and we've seen it right even though we haven't been you know actually 100 positive that's been broken why wasn't he shut down for two weeks why wasn't that conversation had, right? Why didn't we say, hey, look, Aaron, we built this team with a defense and we drafted Jordan Love and he's been developing for two and a half years. This is a good situation. We can be okay without you for two or three weeks. Why did that not? Why did that conversation not happen? I, I just know. look at the season, Bill, all these missed opportunities, all these things that have gone wrong, and a lot of the things that have gone wrong and, and the missed opportunities and the mistakes are in one way or another the responsibility of Matt LaFleur. So, yeah, I think he's losing people. I don't know about the locker room, but it's just one thing after another, and I think fans are tired of it. 
I uh, I agree. I, uh, I at least for a game, maybe the next week against the Jets. Maybe you just say, okay, we'll 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 take you, we'll we'll let you take off against the Jets, and then come back better. You know, I and I agree yeah. with you. I you, you kind of look at it and go, man, you know, would it have helped if he wouldn't have played? Now again, and one of our listeners bring up a good point over in the Bud Light live stream, and they said, well, look, with Doc McKenzie and that medical staff being ultra conservative, ultra conservative. Why did they, if they felt it wasn't a need to shut it down, then should we really put that much stock into a broken thumb? I'm just saying that maybe if he takes a week off, maybe he comes back stronger and plays more like Aaron Rodgers, and we're not missing passes to the point that obviously something was going on in that game against the Lions where he looked terrible. He, I mean, that was on him. Yeah. He looked terrible in the fourth quarter of the game against Tennessee. Had he had a little bit of time, maybe both of those games are winnable at that point, and we're looking at a vastly different season. Well, Bill, and I, I think, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but I've talked about this, you know, with lots of guests on my show, too. The Cowboys are a great example of a team that, that the Packers are supposed to be the Cowboys this year, right? The quarterback is good, yes, and Dak Prescott's good, but the team goes through the running game, you know, timely shots down the field, and then a defense that can get after the passer, really create plays. That was the team that the Packers were supposed to be this year, and yet it's been the Cowboys. And look at what the Cowboys did, Bill. Dak gets hurt week one. They shut him down, which, of course, they didn't want to do. I'm not saying that that was part of the plan. No. But Cooper Rush comes in. We all thought they were dead. Stayed afloat. They didn't look great. They didn't win by, you know, multiple scores. But they held their own against lesser competition, ran the ball, let Micah Parsons play defense, let Trayvon Diggs and uh, and uh, Micah Parsons make plays. And that was the Packers. I mean, they had Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander out there until very recently. They could have done something very similar to what the Cowboys did earlier this year. Shut Aaron Rodgers down, let Jordan Love go out there, just keep things afloat, win some games. They're not going to beat the best teams, like the Cowboys didn't beat the Eagles, but they stayed afloat. I don't know why that didn't happen. Maybe it's because Rodgers didn't want it. I I don't know. But if Rodgers doesn't trust the Packers, maybe Rodgers is scared that Jordan Love is going to steal his job. If I'm Brian Gutekunst, Bill, I'm going to sit down with Rodgers and say, hey, buddy, more money than any quarterback has ever been given. We have financially trashed our our financials next year and the year after for you, right? You are our guy. You let Jordan Love back you up for three weeks while you get your thumb right. And I, why that didn't happen, Bill? It's very perplexing. Well, I'm talking with Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Grant, before I let you go, uh, some say, ah, the Packers' back's against the wall. There's nothing to lose. They come out swinging on Sunday night, prime time, and they get a win. Give me your thoughts. Well, if, if that's the case, it's going to be more about how the Eagles aren't getting it done rather than the Packers. Like, I think the Packers are going to play the same game we've seen them play for months. They're going to come out and do a lot of great things, but in important fourth downs and in third and third and long on defense, they're going to make mistakes. That's what they do, right? They're so close to putting it all together, but they don't. And I think they're going to do the same thing we've seen all season on Sunday night. Same thing against the Bills. Same thing against the Cowboys, although they won that game. Same thing against, you know, like, that's what they've been doing. I think the Packers will be the same team on Sunday they've been all year. The question is, and this is why I'd, I'd really love for Ben Kenny's Eagles to look like dump on Sunday Night Football, if the Eagles continue to step on it a little bit like they have the last two weeks, maybe this game is close. And if the Eagles really play poorly, maybe, maybe the Packers win. Although I have a really hard time seeing that. But then again, Bill, I've been coming on this huddle. I've been coming on your show for two months, and I don't think I've picked a single game correctly. So don't listen to me. But I think Sunday night is <laughs> a lot more about wh- whether the Eagles can stay out of their own way versus whether the Packers can play well or not. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Uh, always good, Grant. Enjoy Thanksgiving, bud. We'll talk again soon, okay? Have an awesome Thanksgiving, Bill. Thankful for you. Thankful for Ben. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you. There you go. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show at Wisco Grant. At Wisco Grant 
over on Twitter. You can uh, read his stuff there and respond and listen and all that kind of good stuff and uh, and track him down uh, over on Twitter. But uh, we are broadcasting live. We are at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We're in the Deer District uh, coming up in just a little bit across the way in the Pfizer Forum. You got the Bucks and the Bulls. They're going to get it underway. But uh, as we are perched high atop, as you could see over on the Bud Light live stream, here at the Mecca, uh, we are enjoying uh, talking some football tonight. They're going to have the Bucks and the Bulls on the big screen right now. You got college basketball over there as well. Fans in and out of this place. Some heading back over to the Five Serve, getting ready and getting into their seats for the game coming up tonight. We are going to step away. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network, and we are also going to come right back. Don't forget, after the top of the hour, we got Mike Clemens coming up, so stick around for that as Mike was in Green Bay today when uh, Aaron Rodgers winking a nod said, yep, the thumb is broken. We got more coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Broadcasting live high atop the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We are here in the uh, Deer District. Bucks and Bulls getting ready to get underway over at the Pfizer Forum. In the meantime, as you could see just a few moments ago, that uh, people downstairs starting to head across to the Pfizer or the crowd coming in to watch the game on the big screens. Uh, it is the night before Thanksgiving, what is considered to be, at least it was prior to COVID, the biggest bar night of the year, in case you didn't know. The biggest bar night of the year. No, it's not New Year's. It's It was for a long, 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 long time uh, the night before Thanksgiving when we all know everybody's off tomorrow. And unless uh, unless you're getting up in the morning and cooking the turkey, uh, you can at least nurse the hangover for a little while. Get up, check out the parade, check out a little football, then grub down like you're going to the electric chair later that night and watch even more football. Not a bad way to go. But we are here tonight enjoying ourselves, enjoying some of the Bud Light specials that are going on down here as well. They've got... Bud Light, we are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. So good stuff down here at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill, and glad you're on board. Uh, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens, uh, and we'll talk with him. He was uh, in person, standing there when Aaron Rodgers uh, discussed the thumb and the issue, saying, yep, it's broken. Now, I'm getting questions about this, about should he or should he not play and such. Here's, here's my response to this. The only thing that came out of today was, now we know. That's it. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's just, now we know. Now it's confirmed. For what everybody was thinking, now it's confirmed. I don't think it was theatrics. I don't think it was diva. I think it was, now, why he has to go and say, oh, it's hurt, in an emphatic way, like, how dare you ask me? I have no idea. That's that's Aaron, okay? But... When you say the thumb is banged up or hurt or whatever you want to throw behind it, whatever adjective back there you want to throw behind the thumb, it is what it is. He's going to continue to play until probably they're mathematically eliminated, maybe even after the fact, who knows. But the question that becomes is, and you start to look back and saying hindsight being what it is, say during that Jets game, say right after the, the thumb was hit on you know the helmet and what have you or bent and what what have you in the game against uh, in London against the Giants the very next week remember they ended up playing they ended up playing the uh, the the New York Jets should he have been playing in that game would he have been better off 
sitting, letting it rest for a week, and then coming back. Remember, they lost to the Commanders by just a couple of points. If he comes back and say they do lose two in a row, but they beat the Commanders, he's able to throw the ball with more accuracy and such in the game against Washington. Uh, they played pretty well. They figured out to run the ball against the Bills. Maybe against the Bills they still take the loss, but they beat the Lions the following week in which they only put up nine points, and Rodgers looked bad. I mean bad. So instead of sitting here right now with a record that reflects basically the season almost being damn near over, right, maybe you look at it and you go, you know what? Had you beaten Detroit, had you beaten the Commanders, instead of being 4-7 and seven right now, you're six and five, and if you're six and five, you're in the playoffs. You're in the hunt. Six and five would get you there right now. Six and five would be right there with Seattle. You'd be you'd be better than you'd be with Seattle. Washington wouldn't have the same record. They'd have an extra loss, so they'd be five and six. Atlanta be five and six. Detroit would be uh, what was it four or three and seven, and the Packers would be five and or or six and five. And they'd be sitting right there, right behind, say, San Francisco and Tampa Bay and Dallas and New York for a spot in the postseason. They'd be playing for postseason eligibility this weekend rather than just trying to hang on and be mathematically alive. Now, now you need to think about that a little bit. Now, that's water under the bridge. I admit that. That's It's all done. It doesn't matter. But it is something to consider. It is, it is hindsight being what it is to say, damn. If you would have just sat him for a week and maybe that thumb gets a little better, maybe he hits a couple of passes in the game against Washington, maybe a couple of those passes that were so poorly thrown against Detroit end up being first down. They continue a drive. The drive remains alive. Maybe the pass twice in the red zone, maybe one of them becomes a touchdown and the Packers score and they go on to victory against Detroit. You know what I mean? Maybe we're talking about a different outcome than what we're talking about right now. So I I think it's a legitimate discussion. I think it's a legitimate question, and it's something that very much between Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, they have to answer. You know? And it also, uh, and Ben, you bring up a good point, it makes not running the football look even dumber on on the part at times of Matt LaFleur and calling a pass-oriented offense. So it, it just, you know, there's so many things to think about in this context. We got one hour down. We got another hour yet to go. Mike Clemens is going to join us. Stick around. Mike's going to. Mike was up there. He was in Green Bay. We'll chat with Mike about all of this. It's all coming up. We are broadcasting live at the Mecca. You want to see downstairs? Take a look. Take a look at the Mecca. It's clearing out a little bit because people are heading next door over to uh, check out the Bucks and the Bulls. It was packed in here earlier. Still got some people hanging out. Some people upstairs here with us as well, listening to the program. You can be one of them for another hour, facing the crowd. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. The official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Stick around. We got more live at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. It's coming up right after this. some football he talks green and gold this is the huddle with bill michaels welcome back 
Nick, we are live. We're in the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill, high atop, second level. Good to have you. The Bucks and the Bulls over the Vicer Forum coming up a little bit later on tonight. We are moments away from that game getting underway. In the meantime, we got another hour. We're talking Packers and Eagles. Packers getting ready for the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly this coming oh this coming weekend, this coming Sunday night. In the meantime, the guy that was up there today when the news broke that oh, by the way, yes. The thumb is broke. It's our own Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Mike, uh, he it, it's it's hurt. Technically, he's correct, but uh, he finally confirms the thumb is broke, man. Yeah, it was kind of weird, though, Bill, because he actually never said, yes, it's broken, or yes. He just talked in his usual roundabout way about, yeah, I've had broken fingers in the past. I've done this. I've done that. And then finally, after about five minutes, then Cassidy Hill, who often is on the show, said, can I clarify, is it broken? And he was like, weren't you paying attention? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I thought that was a little bit awkward. I mean, she was just trying to clarify because he wouldn't come out and say it, yes or no. He's kind of like the funds. You know, he's not going to say he's wrong. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, right. you know, it, but whatever. Uh, he, he, he was very open. Uh, he answered all the other questions that we asked him. I asked him about, you know, I've watched the tape of that f- number 53 in the Giants game hitting him from behind, and I don't know how it how the thumb actually gets injured because the hand is is gripping the ball up in the air. He's a, he was going to try and throw a Hail Mary, and he'd had the arm cocked and was about to try and heave it about 50 yards downfield. 53 hits him from behind and, and <clears throat> wraps up around him, and the contact is the chest to the back, and you see uh, Roger's head wobble back and forth. And then he starts going down, down, down. So I didn't see the helmet hit the hand. I didn't see necessarily another player's helmet. And then he gets crushed into the ground. And to me, I almost was wondering, well, maybe it's not broken. Maybe the the ball, him gripping the ball, caused it to hyperextend the thumb. And maybe that's what he's been dealing with. He said he didn't know. I remember him describing the hit about a week after it happened. Like, you know, when he was when he was down on the ground and just laying there, he was kind of doing that head-to-toe check. Like, okay, neck, all right, shoulders, uh, okay, arms. Okay. I mean, he hurt from head-to-toe after that hit. And it wasn't until he said, he told me today, it wasn't until really he was got on the plane and the thing was just throbbing and he knew and I might have some problems when I get off. Mike, uh, I also wanted to to ask you when, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur, because he gets questioned about it. You know, Rogers obviously, you know, the broken thumb. And Matt LaFleur, the question is, why didn't uh, Doc McKenzie or Matt LaFleur holding out for just a week? I mean, just think if, and I was going through this scenario before I brought you on. What happens if, say, he sits out against the Jets and they still lose the Jets game? But coming back against Washington, he throws one more touchdown pass or one more, you know, pass to keep a drive alive because they only lost that game by a couple of points. What happens if they actually, keep, you know, he doesn't throw with a with a healthier thumb. He doesn't throw a pick in Detroit. You're looking at a drastically different record at this point. And, and that's why I wonder why they didn't just hold him out for one game. And now we could answer, ask those questions directly to LaFleur tomorrow to say, how strong discussions did you guys have about maybe we should rest this guy? And I'll tell you, maybe LaFleur got 
ahead of this last week because Friday after losing to the Titans, it was LaFleur himself who brought up the topic, you know, maybe we should have taken that bye after the Giants. But, you know, this is a, this was a an issue that LaFleur and the Packers had to decide last May when the schedule came out, and the league said, okay, you're going to London on October 9th. Um, do you want to take a bye after that, or do you want to wait to be assigned a bye later in the sa- season? And they deferred to later in the season, which is now not going to be for another couple of weeks until mid-December. But, of course, back in May, they thought for sure they were a 13-win team and could use that bye be- before they go into the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Mike, what's the mood? I mean, obviously you're not winning. It's not great. But what's the mood right now? Is it, you know, is it desperation? Is it veracity? We're still mathematically alive. Is it, oh, God, this season's pretty much done. We're just trying to get to the end of it, try not to get hurt, try to figure out what we got coming into next year. What is the mood? I asked Aaron Rodgers today, have you seen any signs of independent contractors? Now, that's Aaron's term for guys that are veterans that say, okay, we're not going to the Super Bowl, and I don't really want to spend my offseason nursing a, a soldier that needs surgery. You know, I don't want to, I'm not going to waste my body. So that's when you start seeing guys in open field tackles and just start deciding to take a pass or a whiff on that. Um, maybe they're not put, putting everything into every practice. And uh, I asked Rogers directly that if he's seen guys taken off a little bit, and he said, "No, I I don't see that at all." And then later he kind of got into this thing where, for some reason, a lot of the veteran or senior beat reporters have sort of been baiting Aaron Rodgers to say the next relax or the next uh, run the table. And he's declined week after week, and they lose. And then today, he sort of went for it, Bill, and said, no, I don't think our season's over. And I think if everybody, you know, plays their best game, we can still get this thing going. And, and they could start with this Sunday night against a 9-1 and team. And he said, you know, like 2016, you know, run the table. Uh, we were down 4-6. and six. Ironically, they were playing an Eagles team. An Eagles team that wasn't as good then, maybe five and five, but he said, "You get that one win, and you play all four quarters, and you play decisively, and you find it, you find the gear, and the next thing you know, they went on a run that got them into the NFC Championship game, but and that was the year I believe that they lost to the Seahawks. So he's that's what he's talking about right now, um, you know, overcoming those things and." and getting back into it. Uh, and then he said, you know, it's so maybe this will be his next to uh, run the table. Tonight he said, you know, it, it, it's, like, it's like a snowball. You get a little snowball going at the top of the hill and it starts rolling as it gets downhill. You've got yourself, uh, you know, a big snowball. That's all we need is just, just get it rolling a little bit. Here's the other thing, though, Bill, and you and I have talked about this is, okay, so – it's still a pretty good roster off of last year. Um, there's now you got some promise with improvements from Christian Watson. And when you get Romeo Dobbs back, you know that he can be a threat and help out an offense. The offensive line is now better that Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are playing better. Even Aaron Rodgers said today Jenkins is playing better. So you got all these things that you can check off. Yeah. You've lost two key players in Eric Stokes and Rashawn Gary. 
on your defense. But, um, you know, the next thing is motivation. Because these Eagles have got, you know, some guys that are on IR right now, and they were down. They, they trailed the, the Colts the other day up until, like, five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And it wasn't until their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, had a couple of runs, 20 yards here and there, a couple of quarterback sneaks for a yard or two, that uh, kept them in the game and finally got them the go-ahead touchdown in that game against the Colts so that they could get to 9-1. To and one. And so it's, the next thing you're looking for is motivation. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, every time we listen to Joe Barry talk in press conferences, and from what I can tell just amongst the team, he is just the most supportive coach you could ever ask for. And, he, you know, he's got his scheme, and we know that there's some times where the, the Joe Barry game plan has been off beginning with week one and Justin Jefferson and the Vikings. Uh, but there's other times that he's made adjustments, and then they've had a great game like they did the night against the Cowboys. But what about the motivation? What about the challenging of the players? And and what about Matt LaFleur? It, I mean, LaFleur is an accurate guy. Yeah, I've seen him lose his temper. I've seen him drop, you know, four-letter words. Uh, but is LaFleur more of a guy that just he tries to play to these guys as professionals? I'm going to keep your body feeling great. Uh, I'm going to give you plays that work. Uh, I'm going to give you all kinds of information. Now, you got to go out there and put your body out there for me. Is he really getting that? Is he really getting guys sacrificing and flying around 110% in order to beat a team like the, the Titans? And how does he think that he can beat you know the Eagles on Sunday night? And here's what LaFleur said today. This is the team with the top record in the National Football League right now. So... If you can't get excited for this, going into a hostile environment in Philly uh, on Sunday night football, then you probably shouldn't be doing this. Has this been a challenge for you right now, your fourth year as a head coach? A guy usually comes in very positive, very prepared, uh, building confidence in your team. But now you have to balance that with accountability, with with the way the season has gone. Well, I think you're always... That's always the challenge, and, and certainly you try to hold everybody to that standard and hope that they that everybody has the same vision of what that standard is, and that's my job um, to lay out that vision for everybody. And, you know, you'd like to think that everybody chooses to uphold the standard as well, And um, but, you know, there's a lot of things in this game that are out of your control. And all we ask of, of everybody in this building is to give your very best each and every day. Stay in the moment, um, you know, and I believe in that locker room. I know a lot of things haven't gone in our way, or gone our way up to this point, but I still, I've got a ton of faith and belief in that locker room. And so um, it's so important when you do face adversity that you stick together and we win as a team and we lose as a team. And that's just the nature of it. So um, certainly it, it does get more of a challenge to stay positive when, when you've faced a little bit more adversity. But you got to find the, the bright spots in every situation. And, but at the same time, you got to be honest about it, too. You always got to get to the truth. Because if you can't get to the truth, it's hard to improve. And that's something that we try to do each and every day is, you know, correct the mistakes, knowing that 
there's nobody perfect in this game. Coach, player, whoever it is, nobody's going to be perfect. But you try to correct the mistakes and move on. And you try to, you, you need everybody to learn from each other's mistakes so you don't make those repeated mistakes. Mike, uh, today during that press conference and even during that answer, uh, I have never seen a group of people, whether it's Twitter, over on the Bud Light live stream, whatever, just kind of going after him for, you know, asking everybody to do their best and sounding very soft. And, you know, Matt LaFleur was the guy that I saw him at one point run down the sideline, scream at Aaron Rodgers, throw the effing ball. And now it seems like he's just trying to play defense, trying to keep everybody happy, trying to keep guys engaged, trying not to lose the team. Is that the same you get? Yeah, buddy, you and I are on the exact same page. So I'm driving up to Green Bay this morning, and I'm thinking about they had this weekend off. I'm thinking about the half-hour press conference we had with LaFleur last Friday uh, after a crushing loss, you know, to Mike Vrabel, his former boss, and all this other stuff, and the the physical beatdown that they took in that game against the Titans. And I'm thinking, where does LaFleur go from here? What is he going to do? What what club is he going to pull out of the, the bag to say, all right, now, hey, we're going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, perhaps the best team in the NFC. You ready? You ready, guys? And it's mm-hmm. like, what what is, what's his message going to be? So uh, we had the press conference, and I asked him that question because I'm basically saying, you've been able to get it done with that Joe Gibbs style that Mark Murphy saw in you, which is why you hired you. Hey, I'm, I'm smart. I'm going to give these guys information. I'm going to take care of their bodies. I don't have to yell or be a rah-rah guy. I'm going to appeal to their intellect. Well, that's not working right now. And you've lost some games. You're down. You just lost this stretch of games with the Jets and the Commanders and all that. And now you're in a dive, and and you've got to get these guys to put their bodies on the line to try and save the season or at least save face for your own personal record as a head coach. And what is he going to use use that? And that's why I said to him today, what are you doing now? In the, how are you being the bad cop? You know, what are you doing for accountability? And that was his answer. Then we went out to practice. And so, Bill, I hooked up and I was listening to the show on the Green Bay station, the fan. And, oh, my God, I heard the listeners is like, bingo. I, you know, I think I, I hit the nail on the head today. This is exactly where I was thinking. Well, that's what the, the listeners were thinking today, too. Like, come on, LaFleur. I mean, some of these guys that we've just played against, uh, these other coaches, um, they've got a lot more fire from the podium, which we assume is going on in the locker room. And LaFleur's got to find a new gear for that, right? Right. Yeah, do you remember what I'm talking about? His first year, Rodgers was always being accused of holding the ball and looking for the perfect play, and Rodgers was deep in his own territory, rolling out to his right, holding it, holding it, two guys open, didn't throw him the football, and then finally threw it away, and LaFleur ran down the sidelines. And the camera hit him in the mouth, and you could see him say, throw the effing ball, because Rodgers said, what do you want me to do? And he said, throw the effing ball. And I thought, boy, you know, this guy's got some cojones, man. He's on the same page, but he's not going to take crap. And now it seems like he's just backpedaling. He's playing defense. He's he's trying to hold on to this. And, and boy, what a difference a couple of years makes, without a doubt. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Go ahead. So here's what's different. Rodgers got paid. Rodgers has now got to stay at the table. Okay? Rodgers two weeks ago is just the opposite. 
he's yelling at the coach, as you pointed right. out on today's show. You know, yes. I mean, Rodgers is more empowered. And now the organization has got to figure out, all right, we, you know, Rodgers is competitive. He's trying his ass off. He's playing out there with a broken right thumb for the last seven games. Yeah, I said this, damn it, last Friday. I said this is all about Aaron Rodgers. It's not right. about all this You're other right. crap about receivers and, and scheme and all that. Aaron Rodgers is not throwing the football right, and you need him to be Superman. And that, so that's what Murphy – and here's the next thing, too. This, but here's the big picture. Mark Murphy's out in two years. You know what happens in two years? And if these guys don't get a Super Bowl, regime change. Yep. Well, that, that's why I was talking about this at the beginning of the week. I said, if Mark Murphy's going to be retiring, the one thing Bob Harlan wanted to do when he left was hand it to Murphy, make sure everything was in place, coaching and everything. Now, obviously, Murph, you know, Mark Murphy had to make a replacement, but at the time it was Mike McCarthy, it was Ted Thompson, it was Mark, you know, Mark Murphy, and, and Bob said, I'm going to walk away. I feel good about everything. Everything's in good hands now. Everything's in place. Murphy's got to consider that. When he leaves, what is his legacy going to be? Is it going to be like this train wreck of a team going downhill, a, a general manager, a coach, a, a quarterback, all in disarray? And Is he just turning it over, or does he leave it in good shape? Does he make changes before he leaves to say, I put the train back on the tracks, then it's up to you guys to take it forward? You know what I mean? Whether they hire Ed Policy, the number two guy in Murphy's administration right now, to take over, who seems to be you know, the heir apparent, or they go outside the organization like they did with Mark Murphy. The point is this. If Goody doesn't have a ring by then, the new guy's going to come in and say, I need my own GM, right? Yeah, right. And and so so that's where this this whole place is at, I think, right now. Hey, one other bit of nose I, I want to talk about. Yesterday, the Rams released a, a linebacker, Justin Hollins, um, drafted by the Broncos in the fifth round a couple years ago. And then played with the Rams for about a year and a half. He was—he actually got some snaps. I remember him on the depth chart when we were at the Super Bowl out in L.A. And he got a couple of tackles in that game. They they waived him because they needed to make some room on their roster with all the other problems they got out there in L.A. And Goody snapped him up right right away, uh, picked him up off of waivers. Why? Well, you know, you got Quay Walker leaving the game with a shoulder injury the other day. Devondre Campbell, you know, has been out now almost a month with a a knee injury. So so then today, Bill, as I'm waiting at Rogers locker, I see Patrick Taylor, the number three running back and also special teams player. His new locker now, now he's back on the roster, is two doors down from Rogers. Oh hey Patrick, good to see you. So then we talked to Aaron Rodgers and then we talked to a couple other players and then it's like late man, five, five thirty, so they kick us out. I go upstairs, bing, get an email, Patrick Taylor released from the Green Bay Packers. Right. <laughs> because they need this linebacker. It's like, oh, my, I just saw that guy. So they cut him as soon as they closed the locker room doors and the media was out of there. So that's the next thing. And then tonight I heard Devondre Campbell was across town, and he was doing a show on your affiliate in Green Bay, the fan. So talking to Devondre, and, and you know, these guys don't talk when they're injured. Sometimes you got to get them off campus. And he told me, yep, he's been dealing with a bruised knee. A week ago, he could barely climb the stairs in his house. But today was the first day at practice he could actually do a little bit of running. Now, could he play Sunday night? He goes, I, you know, I don't know. He's doing a lot of this isolation um, and resistance stuff in the training room. But 
He said he feels so much better today than he did a week ago at this time. Who knows? Maybe by Sunday night he could be active. But that's where Devondre Campbell is, an inside linebacker, uh, which they're going to need all the help they can get against the Eagles. Mike, great stuff as always, bud. I appreciate it. And uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, pal. I'll see you uh, this week. Or I'll talk to you this weekend, and then uh, we'll get together real soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, everybody else on the Bill Michaels Show. There you go. That is our good buddy there, uh, Mike Clements. And uh, happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. This and is Jet. <laughs> go ahead. Keep going. Nah, that's was all. The, you don't have the 80-year-old? Okay. This one's called uh, 90th birthday. There you go. <laughs> I was going to hit that when he started talking about Murphy, but I felt that might have been a oh, little too far. That would have been over the top. Yeah, I get it. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you got to go to Mike Clements' page when he did a – a review on his new garden hose, which was fantastic. Uh, appreciate it, though. Uh, good stuff with Mike. Hey, coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to get into the rest of the NFL, start making our picks, including the Packers, but more so we're going to get into some football coming up tomorrow. We are broadcasting live here at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. Bucks are on right now as uh, right across uh, from us at the Pfizer Forum. The Bucks are taking on the Bulls, 18-17. The Bucks with about six and a half to go in the first quarter. Uh, up by one so we've got that happening in the meantime we're talking football stay tuned we got a lot more of the bill michaels huddle brought to you by our friends at bud light they're the official beer sponsor of the bill michaels sports talk network we'll be back right after this this is the huddle with bill michaels on the wisconsin sports zone network when Tremont was around and we wish the Packers get a win in Philly last time uh, well really the most memorable play in Philadelphia was fourth and 26 and uh, the Packers trying to make some more memorable plays in the positive light coming up on Sunday night as they travel to Philly uh, on NBC Sunday night football the uh, Packers Aaron Rodgers confirms that the right thumb is indeed broke a little bit earlier today some other news and notes uh, coming out of Jets camp uh, their quarterback Zach Wilson trying to now win back his teammates uh, under a lot of criticism. He spoke apparently to the entire team today. And after getting benched, he was he was publicly benched. It took the benching for him to finally wake up and go, you know what, guys, I screwed up. Uh, he took some accountability apparently. Now whether he said I had a sick feeling in my stomach, he said. Uh, that game combined with the uh, the coach, Robert Sala, calling uh, the deterioration of the basic fundamentals led to Wilson's benching. Mike White, by the way, going to start Sunday against the Bears at MetLife Stadium. Joe Flacco will be the number two as uh, he will not uh, – he, he will be the number two. Wilson will be inactive. There you go. So Zach Wilson not even going to be active for this game, taking a public dressing down, if you will. In the meantime, speaking of the Bears – well, the Bears, uh, their quarterback, he's got his own issues. He said he has got a separated left shoulder, not right shoulder, his throwing shoulder, but he said that he's dealing with the injury to, I don't even know what the joint is called, but basically the AC joint in the left shoulder. He's going to evaluate how he feels later this week before determining whether or not he's actually going to play against the Jets, but he said it's separated with partially torn ligaments. Basically like an AC joint, he said that's my understanding of it, but partially torn ligaments. 
in that uh, in that shoulder. Now it's his non-throwing shoulder, right? So it is what it is. But man, oh man, if he takes a hit, talk about pain. So uh, Bears uh, quarterback Justin Fields. Right now, surgery not going to happen. I would assume if it's uh, bad enough, he'll probably see some surgery to clean it up in the offseason. But nevertheless, uh, that's where things stand right now. In the meantime, uh, you've got, uh, if you're a Bengals fan, uh, Jamar Chase looks to be coming back. Joe Burrow says he he feels he is. The wide receiver Jamar Chase returning to practice today, and it looks like he's going to play against the Tennessee Titans coming up weekend at least that's what joe burrow said saying we expect him to play and i know he ran yesterday and he felt pretty good so we're going to see how it goes the rest of the week but it seems like jamar chase if you got him in fantasy for whatever reason uh he is going to be back and playing this coming weekend for cincinnati we're going to go through all the games including and starting with the three magnanimous games that are on the docket tomorrow on your Thanksgiving Day. Ben and I are going to go through the schedule. We're going to make our picks. Stay right where you're at. We are broadcasting live at the Mecca. You are looking live, as Brent Musburger used to say, at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. Pretty good crowd in here. Not bad. A lot of the fans went next door over to the Fiserv Forum where they're watching the Bulls and the Bucks get after it. Uh, but many here watching the Bulls and the Bucks on the big screen TV, and it's big. It's like 12 feet by 25 feet. It's huge, huge digital board here. But uh, if you're in the area, come on by and watch the rest of the game. Have some good light, good Bud Light specials down here tonight. Stay tuned. We got more coming up right after this. Oh, yeah. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We're glad you're with us. Uh, we are broadcasting live at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We're in the Deer District across from the Pfizer Forum. Bucks taking on the Bulls tonight over there. Got some of that basketball action going on. In the meantime, uh, we're talking football tomorrow. Big day in the sense that, uh, one, it's Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody taking a listen to the program. But also, you've got football tomorrow you get up in the morning you throw on the stretchy pants you check out the uh the thanksgiving day parade then you get into football at football at what point ben at what point tomorrow morning do you or tomorrow afternoon for that matter do you crack open the first beer um well i will be at the airport at uh around ah. uh 5 30 in the morning so maybe so then I was going to say, so you're doing Bloody Marys at 5.30 in the morning. I, I'll be drinking something as long as the establishments are open. Okay, cool. Well, there you have it. So early on, there is no there is no time limit, right or wrong, to that answer. I'm just saying, usually by about halftime of the first game, maybe you're into your first beer. I'm going to be doing work around the house and working in the bar and stuff. So at some point, I'm going to get the craving, I can, I can imagine. Speaking of football, tomorrow... We got to get them. Uh, the Bills and the Lions, first one on the docket. Bills seven and three. Lions four and six on the season. And uh, the Lions, though, I'll tell you this: they're scoring. And in addition to that, they've won three straight. How about that? The lowly Lions getting it on. Buffalo nine and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, I am going to take the Lions to cover at home. But I'm taking the Bills to win the game. The Bills sticking around, obviously, after being displaced because of the snowstorm this past weekend. They get the win over the Cleveland Browns at Ford Field last week. They get yet another win, I believe, coming up tomorrow. But it's going to be a closer one than most people believe. Ben? Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Think about it. It's like they go to play the Browns in Detroit after they probably had to shovel their way out of their houses, if you saw those videos. So you could see some tired arms and tired legs after dealing with snow in Buffalo. 
They're staying in Detroit, so I don't see how they don't really get up for this game, if you will. I think the Bills win pretty easy. Uh, the Lions are hot. They're feisty, but they still don't have a defense. And the Bills are not in first place in the AFC East, so they have a lot more to play for. I think they win quite easily, maybe not by double digits. Patriots on the road at U.S. Bank Stadium. That is the game uh, tomorrow night. Not tomorrow afternoon, but tomorrow night, the Vikings are hosting the Patriots. The Vikings only two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Patriots, good football team, but the Vikings, they've kind of eked by, and some are saying they're not anywhere nearly as good as their record. Now, your record always is what you are. I mean, you're 8-2 and two right now if you're the Vikings, and they're 4-1 and one at home. But the Patriots are a pretty good football team. Uh, I'm not going to take the Patriots to cover. I am going to take the Patriots to take a loss in this one. Vikings got beat bad by the Cowboys. This seems like a game in which they have to – they have to get up for this. They're playing on Sunday or on Thursday night. Uh, I get a sense that the, the Vikings are going to win this game, and it's not going to be going away, but it's still going to be a hard-fought game. And I would assume Bill Belichick's defense is going to play extremely well against Kirk Cousins. There's probably going to be a turnover or two, but I think the Vikings e- eke out a victory here. Uh, yeah, you cannot spell fraud without Minnesota, as I was taught. Um, <laughs> but this game kind of feels like that game where Kirk Cousins throws for 350 and three. Uh, maybe an interception, but a great statistical game to make everybody else forget about how terribly he played in a big game. That's like the classic arc of his career. So I think the Vikings win big. Uh, you've got uh, the Cowboys in the afternoon hosting the Giants. Uh, the Giants at 7-3, and three, the Cowboys at 7-3, and three, Cowboys 4-1 and one at home. But the Giants are 3-1 and one on the road playing at AT&T Stadium. Dallas is favored by 10. Uh, I think not only do the Dallas Cowboys get the win, uh, I think they go on because, remember, Detroit beat uh, the Giants uh, this past Sunday so somewhat surprisingly. So Detroit went on to roll. In the meantime, the Giants are licking their wounds. I don't think the Giants are what the record indicates they are. I'm going to say that the Cowboys win and win big and emphatically in this one down in Big D. Oh, and the winner gets Odell Beckham, given what we've go. seen. They're the finalists. Mike McCarthy stinks on Thanksgiving. I'm going to take the Giants. They're 0-2, or he's 0-2 or 0-3, I think, on Thanksgiving. 0-4, so. I believe. 0-4? Yeah. Okay, even worse. Uh, then we get into the games on Sunday. We were just talking about Jamar Chase is coming back. They're going to need him. We know the Titans are a very fundamentally sound team. Good defense. They can run the football. Bengals aren't nearly as good against the run as they are against the pass. 6-4 and four they are, 3-3 three and three away from uh, Paul Brown Stadium. The Titans 3-1 and one at home. Bengals have to have this one if they're going to remain really in a, in a different uh, playoff hunt. But I think the Titans are too strong. But the return of the Jamar Chase may tilt the, 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 you know, kind of the table in favor of the Bengals. But I'm still taking the Titans at home. Cincinnati's given three in this one. But I, I'm going to take the Titans at home to get the win. Uh, home dogs, that's a good way to make money. I, if Jamar Chase plays, I think the Bengals win. It, it's a rematch of the playoff game where Joe Burrow got crushed. But they still found enough plays, and the Titans aren't explosive enough to beat them. So if Jamar Chase is out there, I'll take Cincinnati. you got a quarterback controversy in New York for the Jets. Uh, you've got the Bears with their own injuries. The Jets are given six in this one, believe it or not. That defensive front we know can beat the hell out of quarterbacks. I'm The Jet doesn't matter who's under center for the Jets. First of all, they got to be better. Uh, even if Joe Flacco's playing. And secondly, I think the Jets' defensive front knows they can smell blood in the water. Justin Fields with a bad shoulder. Uh, he's expected to play, but uh, they they could kid him fast and furious. I'm going to take the Jets at home to get the win. Oh, a massive win. The The Mike White era is starting again. He's like the, the modern-day Mark Sanchez. 
He'll come in, <laughs> throw four touchdowns. Everyone thinks he's good, play a real defense, and then stink. But they're playing the Bears, not a real defense. So I think he plays well. The Jets win. Buccaneers on the road taking on the Browns. Browns are 3-7, and seven, just looking over the fence to see if Deshaun Watson's going to come back. Buccaneers uh, coming off of a bye. Tom Brady starting to feel it again. All the, uh, the legal woes and such are in the rearview mirror for the most part. I'm going to take the Buccaneers on the road to Mistake in the Lake to get the win. It doesn't matter. They're, they're given 3.5. I think they cover and they get the win. Yeah, can't pick the Browns. Uh, Deshaun, I, I'm fading the Browns the rest of the season. And, and frankly, the rest of time, Deshaun Watson's there. So, Bucks big. Texans, 1-8 and eight, on the road, taking on the Dolphins. Miami favored 13.5. I think they win. I think they cover. It's a no-brainer. Dolphins get the victory. I agree. Kyle Allen is starting for Houston. Uh, remember the backup, I think, in Washington. Fourth year. He's, you know, a, a journeyman backup. So, the Dolphins will score like 100. Uh, the Falcons, uh, noon kickoff, uh, five and six. Uh, they are one and four, though, away from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Commanders are two and three at home. They are six and five in the season. Marcus Mariota, 13 touchdowns in this thing coming in. But I, I don't think, I, I think McLaurin is just going to be too good for that Falcons defense. He'll get downfield a few times. I think the Commanders are feeling it a little bit. They know they need to keep pace in that division because that's the, you know, the top two or three in that division are most likely going to the postseason. I'm going to take Washington at home to beat the Falcons, and I bet you they cover as well. Ooh, I, I think the Falcons cover. They're feisty enough, but it's the trend of Carson Wentz's backup turning into the greatest thing in the world. So I will continue to ride that wave. <laughs> Here's one for you. Denver is on the road giving up a couple of points. They're taking on a craptastic Panthers team. But Bronco, the Broncos suck. They're 3-7. and seven. Russell Wilson only seven touchdowns this season through the air they're they're terrible they're absolutely terrible uh i don't I, it, it's hard for me to take denver i'm going to take the panthers at home to get a win and that will be the final nail in the nathaniel hackett experience to where uh they at the end of the season say nathaniel man we brought you here thinking rogers was coming with you this ain't working talk to you later uh or you wonder if rogers can be traded out there to say take rogers and and we'll deal with russell Ooh. wilson and his advertising and F, uh, whatever happens yeah, off no. the field. High kneeing up and down the aisle in the uh, plane as you go to London. Uh, LaFleur would love that. Oh, he'd be right. all in. Uh, yeah. um, you know who's starting a quarterback for the Panthers? No. Sam Darnold was named starter. Oh, really? Yeah, a former okay. high draft pick. So I, I think they get the old new quarterback boost, even though Darnold has struggled. So, yeah, I agree. I'm taking the Panthers. Sam Darnold looking for the second best butt fumble in the history of butt fumbles. We're going to go ahead and take Pause. a quick break. We, we're going to take a quick break. We're at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We're in downtown Milwaukee in the Deer District. Across the way at the Pfizer Forum, the Bucks up by three right now, 38-35 with uh, just over 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. And that's taking place at the Pfizer. Meantime, over here at the Mecca, we are serving up the Bud Lights. They've got buy one, get one. They've got some other deals going on down here, some good food, good service. Come on by the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill in the Deer District before or after a Bucks game. Good people, good place, and only a stone's throw away from the Pfizer. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We got more. It's coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Here we go. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
Show. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. We're downtown Milwaukee in the Deer District across from the Fiserv Forum. Bucks and Bulls getting after it uh, next door. In the meantime, we're here having a few Bud Lights, enjoying our night. We are brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We continue on with the second half of the uh, the docket, so to speak, with uh, the NFL this weekend. You got the Ravens. They're on the road, seven and three, going up against the Jaguars, three and seven. Uh, the Ravens four one away from Baltimore. Uh, they're given four in this contest. I don't see any way the Jacksonville Jaguars win, albeit the Ravens at times, uh, even offensively with Lamar Jackson, they just look somewhat inept. But I, I can't imagine a scenario in which the Ravens cough this one up, especially right now leading that division and knowing. Cincinnati's getting Jamar Chase back, and I'm sure the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be quick on the heels of the Ravens. So the Ravens get the win at TIAA Bank Field coming up this weekend. Uh, Bill, I was going to take the Jaguars. Uh, by the way, electric music in the background. Uh, Thumping right now. Oh, it's great. Thumping. I was going to take the Jaguars, but their stadium like failed every health code uh, inspection that they had. Where they found old like uh, the mouse and rat droppings all over the place. They they pretty much were, it was unsanitary to serve food in the stadium. Yet they still do. So for that reason, I'm not going to take them to win. But I do think it is a very close game. The droppings cause the cover. <laughs> there you go. In the meantime, Kyler Murray looks to be coming back to the Cardinals. And uh, we'll see if his petulant self is any good in doing so. In the meantime, the Cardinals are 4-7. and seven, The Chargers are 5-5. Five and five. They're going to be playing this one at State Farm Stadium out in Glendale, Arizona. The Chargers given three going into this one. Uh, Kyler Murray or not, uh, I still think the Chargers are the better team. But getting Kyler Murray back maybe gives the Cardinals a little bit of a boost. DeAndre Hopkins looks fantastic. But the Cardinals are only 1-5 at home. So I want to pick the Cardinals, but I can't. I'm going Chargers, and I'm going Chargers to get the win. Yeah, you don't have to feel like you need to pick the Cardinals. I, I think we're at the point where they just stink. And, and like, yeah, they can get up and beat a team, but Cliff Kingsbury fired a coach this week, or they were forced to because of missteps when they were in Mexico. It's, it's a disaster, and they have hard knocks in season. Um, and I don't think many people are watching because nope. they are infuriating personalities to follow. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad scene out there in Arizona, no doubt. They had so much hope, too, after they signed Kyler Murray, and now it's just nothing. Uh, let's see. you got the Raiders on the road. It's not a bad game as far as uh, these two teams go, but the Seahawks are 6-4. and four. They're 3-1 and one at home. They're given 3.5. The Raiders thinking, oh, my goodness, here we go. We can maybe get off the schneid a little bit, uh, but it's just not working. They're 3-7. and seven. They're 1-5 and five away from the giant, uh, you know, Roomba, and uh, they're going to be playing in what's now called Lumen Field. Lumen Field in Seattle. I, I can't get used to that. I, I didn't even know what the hell it was. I had to look it up. Uh, I, by the way, I'm taking the Seahawks at home to get the win. I am going to take the Seahawks because of my man Geno Smith, but – you wonder if Derek Carr is trying to audition for the Packers starting quarterback role and maybe a trade. So maybe he plays know. well. You never know. Putting uh, it you out got there. The, you got the Rams and the Chiefs. By the way, Matthew Stafford banged up. He's in the protocol. He's got, uh, obviously, the protocol and a neck injury that he's nursing. He may not even play in this contest. Uh, they're going to be playing at Arrowhead, uh, taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs 8-2, the Rams 3-7. and seven. The Rams season is over. 
It's dismal. They're the defending champs. They got a 47-pound ring to go along with it, and they are suffering the hangover. Kansas City favored by 15 and a half. Now, can the Chiefs cover? At Arrowhead, that's a lot of points. I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win, but I'll take the Rams to cover. I think they cover. I, I think this is a depressing game if you are a Rams supporter, which there aren't any. So There's not any anymore. Those non-existent people will be okay. No. The karma of the girl falling backwards off the stage and Matthew Stafford shrugging his shoulders and walking away has been biting this team desperately in the ass, chomping like it's the end of the world, and they're going to the electric chair later on this evening, eating it up. It is what it is. It's the karma of taking a football team from a very average baseball town in St. Louis. (laughs) There's a kick to the groin. Uh, you got the Saints, a 325 game. It's on Fox. Saints and 49ers. 49ers given nine and a half at home. Uh, whether it's Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, doesn't matter. The 49ers are still going to get the win, and Bosa and company are going to eat up whoever's under center because that offensive line can't protect. Saints 1-3 and three on the road. 3-1, and one, the 49ers are at home. 49ers get the win. They don't cover, but they do get the win with Jimmy G. Yeah, the Eagles have the Saints' first-round pick this season somehow, and, and they're still a good team. So I'm rooting for the Saints to lose every game. Therefore, I, would, I will take the Niners. There you go. Monday night, which should have been flexed, you got a craptastic three and seven Steelers team, a four six and one Colts team. Colts have fired their uh, head coach. Bring in Jeff Saturday. It'll be a cool matchup of inspirational, fiery, take no crap head coaches. But in uh, the Colts, by the way, two and a half point favorites in this one. The Steelers one and four away from what used to be the giant ketchup bottle. Uh, they're playing at Lucas Oil. I'll take the Colts at home to get the win. Jeff Saturday gets his second in his coaching career, and it goes two and one. And uh, the Colts not only get the win, but they cover the two and a half. And I'm hoping the Colts run the ball like crazy. And Jonathan Taylor just has one hell of a night on Monday Night Football. Uh, this is tell me this is not like the best uniform matchup ever. Um, the old schools. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the old school Colts and old school Steelers. Yeah. You can go with that. I can see that. It's like a true old school vibe with bad quarterbacks and good running backs and good defenses. Uh, I, I, I'm actually looking forward to this game. It, it's a big retro feel and back to the big Ben and Peyton Manning days or longer in the past. If you're older than me, um, but I am three. Go ahead. I'll take the Steelers. Could be a three yards and a cloud of rubber pellets. Since it's that turf field. Not one of the turf fields that they're trying to get rid of, but a turf field nonetheless. Uh, that brings us to the Sunday night contest. The Green Bay Packers, one and four away from the friendly confines of Lambeau Field. They are four and seven on the season. Aaron Rodgers does indeed have a broken thumb, as admitted by him. The Eagles, nine and one. And, uh, and Rodgers, 19 touchdowns on the season, uh, but has not looked like Aaron Rodgers for a while. Who knows? Maybe the five days of rest and relaxation and such have done him a world of good. I still think the Eagles get the win. But whether or not they cover, that's another story. They're favored by six and a half. Uh, this is it for the Packers. This, uh, this is their last gasp. I'm going to say it's a close one, but the Eagles do get the win. And Indomitian Sue and Aaron Rodgers have words at some point on the field. And it wouldn't surprise me uh, if uh, Indomitian Sue ends up doing something dastardly and dirty. I will not stand for that. Let me get in front of that story. Uh, I, as someone from that part of the world, uh, does not stand for certain dirty acts that may or may not happen from a defensive tackle. I, it's, it's a weird game because, like, 
my gut tells me the Packers will make it close like the Cowboys game. They'll just find something explosive plays. The defense will battle. But everything we've talked about with LaFleur and with the team and how do you really get up to go to a night game against the team with the best record in the NFC when you're reeling and you don't have your best players and you're struggling like that's a tough job as a coach, not to mention a coach with, you know, the quarterback and all that stuff we've also discussed. So uh, despite the Eagles not looking good as of late at all and having offensive struggles, I think their defense is enough to win this game. So uh, whether it's comfortable or close, I do think they win. Uh, and we get Collinsworth going crazy about Rodgers all night, which I'm excited for. There you for. go. There you go. You're geeked for that. All right, Chris Collinsworth, one of your favorite people in the whole world. You're probably going to invite him oh. over for Thanksgiving after the fact. Love Chris. There you go. He's no Troy Aikman, <laughs> but uh, oh, I love me some uh, Chris. So that'll do it. Yeah, we are broadcasting live at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill, and uh, the Bucks right now, 53-46, up on the Bulls next door at the Pfizer Forum here in the Deer District. Ben, go have a great Thanksgiving, buddy. We'll talk again on uh, what, Sunday or Monday? Uh, Sunday, likely. Okay, there you go. That's yeah, you it. as well. We will be back for the Green and Gold postgame show on Sunday night, immediately following Green Bay and Philadelphia. Off tomorrow, off on Friday. Everybody have a tremendous time with you, yours, family, Thanksgiving and such. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the parades. Enjoy getting up your Christmas tree, all that kind of stuff. That'll do it. Thanks to everybody here, the staff and management down here at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill. It is time for us to get out of here. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a going. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.